Hallelujah. He's such a blessing to me, such an awesome help, and uh, a great friend. And it's an honor to have him come and give the word this morning. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. God is great. Praise the Lord and greatly to be praised this morning. How many has already felt him? We've had his presence already this morning throughout this church this morning, Lord. We just thank him for that. You know, uh, sometimes it's hard to preach after the preacher has already been here. I mean, we've God is blessed this morning and we've seen things already done, but we're going to attempt with God's help to, to try to add a little bit more on to it with his help. Praise the Lord. Just thankful this morning. Brother Gary's done put one on the spot this morning. Brother Buddy, would you stand and ask God's blessings on the message this morning? Praise the Lord. Brittany, you got the scriptures ready for me? Let's go to uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 28 to start with. We'll tie all this together here just in a quick bit to try to get things moving. For in Him we live and move and have our being as certain also if your poets have said, for we are also His offspring. In Him we live and move and have our being. How many realize if it wasn't for God in your life, for God watching out over you, that you would be in trouble? Amen. I was talking to somebody the other day just about how God, when we don't even realize, is watching out for us. He's moving everything in the direction for our good when we don't even realize it. So in Him we live and have our being. And that's the only one that we can have any comfort in if Christ is living within us. Romans chapter 14, verse 7 and 8. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. How many of you understand we are the Lord's? And I want to talk about living this morning, not dying. Living in the Lord. Praise the Lord. One more, First Thessalonians 4 and 1. It says, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exalt you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God's and please God, and so ye would abound more and more. That's what the duty of this church and this pastor is that's here and the ones that gets behind this pulpit is to teach you how you ought to walk and to please God. How many wants to please God? If, you get, if you're in your right mind, you want to please God. 
Amen. Because I don't want to. I don't want to make you mad at me. That's for sure. But the last part of this scripture says, "So you would abound more and more." That abound more and more. What that means is that we should grow better and walk more evenly and closely with God. A lot of us has been taught in the last few years that all you got to do is give your heart to God and you're set to go. Well, that's true. God will. God is, is a God of salvation and that's the way you get saved is give your heart to Him. But it don't stop there. It don't give you the... The, give you the reasons that you can just sit down and do nothing. God wants you to grow in His grace and His goodness and His knowledge. And the way you do that is how you walk with God daily. Amen. You know, the text this morning is kind of a two-part thing here. I've got two different texts in, put together to, in one here. But first part of this is how are you walking with Christ? That's an important question. Is your walk with Christ is coming to church Sunday morning, feeling good about what's going on, maybe even getting involved a little bit about what's going on? Meet with your friends and family of the church and stuff, and some, maybe some of even your own family that goes to church with you, then go out the door and don't think no more about it till next Sunday morning? That's not a walk with Christ. I'm talking about a daily Walk with Christ that you will grow and become more mature in Christ. A lot of us gets to a point that we think we found a place to sit down, but there's no place to sit down in Christ. We're daily growing with Him. We're daily learning of Him. And, you know, as we begin to learn more and more of Him, the more we realize and appreciate and know what Christ is all about. Praise the Lord. So, with asking the question, how are you walking with Christ? Are you walking toward Him? With Him? Or ahead of Him? Think about that. First part, toward Him, we all should be on the same level for going toward Christ. The four gospel teaches us that the thing that Christ come to the disciples and stuff, when he called them to be his disciples, he said, come and follow me. He didn't say, get ahead of me. He said, come and follow me. So we know that when we follow somebody, most of the time that means we're behind them, we're going toward them. Christ told the disciples to follow him. John ten twenty seven. you tells us that my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So if you're claiming to be one of Christ, then you need to be following him, going toward him. I was out walking the other day and uh, when you're by yourself where I live, Especially in the morning and most of the time all through the day, there's a whole lot of activity going out for, around where I live. I've got houses around me, and a lot of them work, and some of them's here and there. But there's no whole lot, not a lot of activity going on, so I'm out walking. I walk the road in front of our house, 
And I do that four or five times a week. Because, not because I like it. I mean, I enjoy it sometimes and stuff, but it's not because I like it and stuff, but that's what the doctor tells me I got to do. To be able to keep continuing on, Brother Wayne, you know. Sometimes you don't like what somebody tells you, just as what the pastor, as I was saying, or the ministers or may tell you over the pulpit. You don't like it, but if it's for your benefit, you better be listening. But anyway, I, I do that, try to do it four or five times a week. And it really gets fun in the wintertime when I've got to be on a treadmill, because I hate a treadmill. But anyway, getting to the point what I'm getting at, God gave me a wonderful example of walking with Him. Every now and then, when everything works out, my schedule and Patty's schedules and what have you work out, I get a chance to go out to the park and walk with her where she walks a lot, where I do three and a quarter mile a day. She does five or six miles a day when she does. There's a little bit of difference in walking my road. It's got some little hills and stuff here and there, and I've got one big hill coming up to our house, our main road to come when you first come in, but I go about, down about a quarter way of it and come back up. But if any of us walk the, tr- the trail out of the park, there's some hills out there. And the roads, I mean, the trails is not the best in the world. That's something we need to get David Jackson to realize. We put money everywhere else. Blacktop the trail. And quit spending them so much money just graveling it every time you turn around. But anyway, God impressed on me a situation that last time we walked that trail, how Christ will look out for us when we're walking with Him. I'm a few years younger, a few years younger, a few years older than Patty is. Matter of fact, five and a half years. Plus, I have heart trouble, so. She walks a little bit faster than I do. That I do. On level ground, I can pretty well keep up with her for a certain amount of time. But when you get to the start going up hills and stuff, a lot of times I start lagging behind. And I noticed the other day, God brought this to my remembrance. And this is the way God is with us. When we're walking with Him, we get to a point sometimes there's trials and tribulations and things that weigh us down that we may not be able to keep up with Him. If we could just come to the, and live in this church and not ever have to worry about going back out in the world, wouldn't that be wonderful? We wouldn't have a problem following Christ. You've got some of your people that tries to do that with the different religions and stuff and what have you, but you know I don't think that's really what God wants us to do. We've got to, He said you're... You're in the world, but not of the world. So we've got to be able to get out and work and do things and take care of our families and and be amidst all that goes on out in this world. So when we're out there, a lot of times these trials and things that upsets us and stuff gets in our way of walking with Christ. So I was noticing that God had brought it back to my remembrance that day as as I was walking about the deal with the walking at the park with Patty. She gets a certain distance ahead of me. And every now and then she'd turn around and look back to see if I was all right. You know, that's the way Christ is with us. You think sometimes that you're on it all by yourself. You're on it on your own. But God every now and then, Christ every now and then, when you get to the point that you're falling behind, you're lagging behind, He'll turn around and 
and look to see where he is at, where you're at. And then, as we was walking the other day, get to a point I get a little bit behind and, and what have you. And when we get to the close to one top of the hills and stuff, she would stop and wait for me. That's the same way with Christ. He ain't going to turn around and come down to where you, your level, wherever you're at. That won't happen. You may think, you know, I'm somebody, I'm, I'm where I'm going to be, and God's coming to me. No, He won't do that. But He will. He'll stop and stand still sometime till you can get to Him, and He'll lift you up in your walk with Christ. Amen? Realize, no matter what comes and what goes, if, if you're to the point that you think that God don't care no more, I can't make it no more. Just realize if you're walking toward Him, He's there waiting for you somewhere. Amen? He's there waiting for you. With Him, we'll talk about that just for a little bit. With Him, we've done experience that this morning. When you get to the point that you're with Him, and sometimes you get with Him and you can reach out and walk hand in hand with Christ, it's more than you can stand sometimes. That's what the church was experiencing this morning with Him. We get to the point that we're in His perfect will and knowing we're doing what God wants us to do and we're walking with Him hand in hand or beside Him or what have you, then God will move. Amen. God will move. In the Old Testament, we're given a couple of examples of people that walked with Christ or walked with God. Adam, it tells us that in the coolness of the evenings, he had his walk with Christ or God in the garden. Amen? In the coolness of day. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the, in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So evidently that was an everyday thing. And after the fall, Adam and Eve didn't want to have no experience with him for us knowing that they've done done wrong. But he had an experience every day with him. Wouldn't that be great? But we can have the same experience, amen, if we want that. Genesis tells us about Enoch. Enoch walked with God, and God just took him. Amen. So if we get to the point that we can be so involved in God and what God wants to go on, then, I mean, you know, no telling what can happen. You know, I've, I've experienced a lot over the years and stuff about the different things happening when you walking toward God and when you're with God to the point that things just begin to happen like happened this morning and stuff. You know, Race Pentecost and stuff, you, you see things like that. That when God gets in the midst and, and it just overshadows the whole church and everything is just a rocking and a rolling. Amen. That's when we get with God. Amen. Last one is a, we talked about, uh, well, a few more examples. It says, uh, you you're, have your greatest experience when you are walking hand in hand with Christ. Amen. Uh, we all need to be walking with Christ to the point that we begin to get His personality. 
His character. Any of you here that's been married very long, and we've got a quite a few couples in here that begin has been over 30 years and stuff. But as a couple and stuff, when you after you get married, it don't take but a few years that one or the other will begin to learn the other's personality, or take to uh, you know adjust to it, or and sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes it's not a good thing. Because some people's personality you, you need to stay away from. But what I'm talking about, you learn of them, each other, and they, you don't have to ask them if anything's wrong. You don't have to ask them if you need to do anything. Because of the personality, the, 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 the uh, unity between you, you feel and you know all this. And that's the way it should be with Christ. The more that you walk with Him, the more you read His Word, the more you pray, the more you study the more you ought to begin to have the character of Christ in you. Amen. Galatians 5, let me tell you just what the characters is. Characteristics of Christ. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I might not give you that one. Let's try it anyway. I think I've got it here pretty quick. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, temperance, against such there is no law. That's the personality of Christ. That's what we need to be going for. And if we'll do that, then our walk with Christ is not that hard. We'll know when, when we need to go ahead or stop or stand still or what have you. God will be leading us the way we need to go and we'll, we'll understand what He's wanting us to do. Paul, he got when he was with Christ and got to the point that he was so close with Christ, he was called up to the third heaven. Amen. John writes the book of Revelation and all the other writers that was inspired to write the other books of the Bible was all with Christ. Walking with Him. Amen. And as I was just speaking a while ago, we just seen here a while ago. So we have our best services at church when we get to the place that we are walking with Him. That's when we see souls saved, souls filled with His spiritual power, the Spirit and power, and healings take place and many other miracles. When we get to the point that we're walking with Him. Amen. The last thing I was talking about is ahead of Christ. We don't want to do that. As I was t- telling you a while ago, he told the disciples to follow him. Why is the world in the shape it is today? Why is the church world in the shape it is today? Too many people is trying to get ahead of him. They've got their own ideals, their way is better. We know how to do it. Don't need no help. We're going for it. The Pharisees was that kind of people. Oh, they was religious. As religious as you could get. They knew the law, front, back, forward, sideways, and every way. They knew it all. But they got to the point that they wanted to add on. The Bible tells us not to be adding on anything, not to take away or not to add on. When we start doing that, we get in trouble. But the Pharisees was wanting to add on, and not for the glory of the God, for God, but for their own glory. They wanted to be 
lifted up their self and says, See what I can do? You can't do that. I'm living above you. And, and look down on people and say, You know, you can't follow after me because you cannot live that. And that gets to the point of what I was talking about a while ago. Some of us in here have known each other for quite a few years and we was raised in the same church and some of your other ones maybe in different churches it was this way. But it gets to a point where there's more men ideals in theology, men theology, than what there is of God. Then it gets to a point that people don't want nothing to do with it. I mean, it, make it, it makes it too hard. The Bible even tells that the Pharisees that Christ told him, said, you've done this and you can't even live it yourself. And you will not help anybody that's trying to live it, but take, help them take the burden away from them so they can live it. But we had a lot of churches around here at one time, and I don't know how they are today, but they at one time thought that, it, you know, they believed in being saved and stuff, and then that's you know that's the first step of salvation is being going calling God and ask forgiveness and what have you. But they kept wanting to take it further and further, to a point that it got so that, you know, some people would say, "What's what's the use? I can't do all that." And that's when we get ahead of Christ is when we start trying to put men in men's doctrine into stuff. When pastors, preachers, and churches get to the point that they think they can do things on their own, this is when churches get into trouble, this is when religion takes over, and God is left out. People, when you speak the word religion, some people think you speak the word religion, oh, that's something great, that's holy and what have you. But not all times. The word religion if not used properly, it's just a word. And it can, it's, it's, man uses it to, to have their own ideals and stuff that they can think they can have their own, as, as Brother Gary was talking about a while ago, their own little clique. I mean, we had such a division years ago and stuff around here. I mean, and I, and I can talk about Pentecostal churches because I've, I've been a Pentecostal for years and stuff, and I know how they are that even Pentecostal churches couldn't get along with each other. It gets to a point, I mean, they start, they start themselves seeing who can outdo the other for us, how close I can live with God, but it's not about what's inside you, it's how well I can look on the outside. And don't get me wrong, I believe you need to be looking well on the outside. But that's not what it's all about. It's what's on the inside. Get, get, took, take care of what's on the inside, and if you're truly wanting to follow Christ, and you're wanting to be dedicated to Christ, and you get that inside the way it's supposed to be, it will come out to, to the outside. Nobody's going to have to tell you a whole lot. Well, I'm sure we, you know, the younger ones and stuff here, we, we sometimes have to tell you know what they can do and what they can't do for us. Maybe they're dressed or how they act or what have you. But us older ones, if we, if we truly love Christ and stuff and, he, and been walking with Christ for years, we ought to know how we need to be walking before Him. Praise the Lord. But religion is what gets you in trouble when you begin to try to get ahead of Christ. The other thing I've got right here, I'll try to run through real quick is how tuned are you with Christ? Are you in tune, staying in tune with Christ? 
Out walking the other day, God brought this little example into me, some things here. I usually try to listen to my radio when I'm walking and stuff. And where I'm at, I barely can just every now and then get the two Christian radio stations. That I think one of them is in Hoptown. I don't know where the other one is. 90.3 and 90.7. And they just fade in and out on me all the time. And I've learned the other day as I was walking toward back toward north, I mean south, which would be back toward town, that the signal would come in a little bit better. Going the opposite direction, I'd lose it. And I got to thinking, that's the way we are with Christ. The direction we're following after, and we're after the right signal, and how close are we are to that signal is whether we're going to hear from God and know what God wants us to do. Praise the Lord. So I got to looking and stuff about the different things, the signals and stuff that happens when you uh, try to listen to a radio and stuff, especially a portable radio like I have a little Walkman I have on. And the first thing, if you're going to get a good signal when you're trying to listen, you've got to have a good battery. A low battery on a portable radio will cause you to lose your signal. Amen? So if you're walking with Christ, your battery, your power that you've got to have to walk with Christ is to be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5 and 18 tells us that, to be filled with the Spirit. Acts 8 and 1 says, Shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So the first thing is you've got to have the power of God in your life to be in tune with Christ. Another thing I got to looking at, and they said an antenna. If you've got a bad antenna, you're not going to pick up the reception. Scripture tells us, 1 Timothy 2 and 8 says, Lifting up holy hands. Lifting up holy hands. You know, a lot of times people don't understand why we lift our hands up, Brother, Rick, uh, Brother Chris. But that's just to give God the praise and be that much closer to Him. That's your antenna. Praise the Lord. Lifting up holy hands. Giving Him the praise. That will help you get your reception to be able to receive what Christ wants you to do. That you can hear what He wants you to be doing for Him. One of the other things is physical objects will get in the way of a signal for your radio that you when you're walking. How many realize as we're walking on this earth and walking with Christ, we have problems? Parable of the sower in Matthew chapter thirteen talks about that. And one of the things he talks about was the cares of the world. Everyday work, everyday activity you have to do as I said a while ago, it'd be great to just come in here and live forever and not have to worry about nothing. But it don't happen that way. We've got to get out in the world. But the cares of the world will get in your way physically, mentally, spiritually, and keep you from doing what God wants you to do or walking the way He wants you to walk. So remember that. Cares of this world. Number 
four that I've, I've found out, the weather conditions. Weather conditions will cause radio signals to come and go or maybe even go plumb out. We have trials, as I said a while ago, tribulations. We have storms in our life that will cause us sometimes will we'll just seem like that we're, we can't make it no more. We're down for the count. It's over with. Mark 4 and 37 says, talks about when Christ was in the boat. Storm come up. Disciples got scared to death. But it says, arose a great storm, but he come up and just calmed it. So God can calm the storms in your life. Amen. Well, another old song that we used to sing, he can change the troubled waters in your soul uh, in your soul, or something like that, but to calm the troubled waters in your soul. And he can do that, that you can go on with your walk with Christ. And one of the last things I was, I was looking at about a signal of a radio signal and what have you was, this got to me after I got to looking at it. A signal goes in a straight line. What's the, what the scripture tells us? That the way is straight and narrow. So if we're going to follow Christ, we cannot be trying to find a detour somewhere to go around instead of going straight toward Him. Jeremiah 31 and 9. They shall come with weeping, with supplications will I lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of water in a straight way, wherewith with they shall not stumble, for I am a father to Israel, Ephraim, my firstborn. So a straight way is God's way. And we cannot be looking for the easy way out. Amen. We've got to walk that straight and narrow. I know it's a lot of time it's, tried, it's easy to maybe try to vary to the left or to the right, but I believe on God's highway there is no detour signs. You've got to be following straight toward what He wants you to do. We get ourselves in trouble when we look for ways to get around trials and tribulations. We need to learn to trust in Christ to get us through the valley so we can rejoice with Him on the mountaintop. As I was saying a while ago, there is no detour in walking with Christ. It is a straight way all the way to the end. So if especially young people. It's so easy for things in this world to change your mind about things and stuff and try to get you to go in the opposite direction and stuff that, you know, you'll get yourself in trouble. But just remember that that's, you know, it is the straight way. There's no detours. There's no way to simplify it for us trying to think of things that men can tell you to do or that's not biblical that can make it things make easier on you. If it was an easy way, everybody would be able to do it. Walk, walk that way. But it's not. It's for those that love Him and want to make heaven their home. So before I turn it back to the pastor this morning, I just want to say this. Check yourself. 
and see how you are walking with Christ. If there's anything getting in your way this morning that you need to get rid of, that you are on the road because you want to be and not because somebody is maybe of your family has convinced you that that's what you need to do and you're just doing it to please them, but do it because you love Christ and realize that Christ is the only hope that you have in this world and that He can, he can and will be whatever you need Him to be. So I'll just turn it back to the pastor this morning. God bless you. Praise God. Amen. Great job.